and welcome to Leo Roundtable at leoroundtable.com. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals to talk about law enforcement issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And let me go ahead and introduce the, uh, can- uh, the panelists to you guys, if you guys don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show. We have attorney and former federal prosecutor all the way from Washington State this evening, Ward Mythaller. We also have retired Chief John Newman, retired Captain Brett Bartlett, Retired Corporal David D. Gresta. Uh, we might be joined by producer Will Statzer shortly. Also, a shout out to our sponsors. We have Column Case Management, Extra Duty Solutions, GunLearn.com, and Viridian Weapon Technology. So, thanks, guys. More information about them later. We're also syndicated in the radio uh, five days a week through Good Talk Radio. And we're going to have some more information about them and also I 10 FM. And we're powered by PEXIP. Let's go to our next one. You know, I had a, a cop send me this video, and, uh, you know, he was you – know, look, I'm – in full disclosure, look, you know, cops send us stuff all the time. And he started getting nervous about doing his job because this one cop, I'm getting ready to read a story, got jammed up after tasing somebody. And uh, I, I told the cop, don't don't hang – this is not the case to hang your hat on and say that uh, you're worried about your job because, uh, you know, this cop really screwed up. But in the nydailynews.com, Virginia cop charged with assault after tasing – pinned down man this is fairfax county virginia now the cop was relieved of his duties late on saturday and arrested on assault charges after he tasted an incoherent man as other officers were trying to coax him into an ambulance then kneeled on his back to cover him cuff him as the man um, was yelling in pain saying i can't breathe and uh, the white officer's name is tyler timberlake charged with three counts of assault and battery according to wjla tv he could face up to three years in jail and, and basically you got a cop that's not putting his hand on the guy and and talking to him but he's trying to talk this black guy down that's just kind of walking in circles kind of mumbling you can't understand what he's saying they got an ambulance there he's saying he wants to get the ambulance but he's not he's not moving in the ambulance so short of and I understand cops not want to put their hands on, you know, you're always on guard, you know, you don't know if the guy's going to touch, but, you know, I, I was kind of hoping he would have put his hand on the guy's shoulder and kind of tried walking him over as a as a friend to friend or something. But anyhow, this cowboy cop shows up and gets out of the, gets out of his car, breaks leather on the taser uh, before I even knew it. I didn't hear any taser, taser or anything. I mean, next thing I know, the probes are launched and, and this guy's, you know, buckling on the ground and he goes up and he jams the taser. It was to me, it was really unprofessional. I have no sympathy for the cop getting uh, getting jammed up for what he did, especially in today's climate. So um, that said, John, we haven't talked. People watch the show. We we haven't talked about this before the show, so I have no idea what John's going to say. He may tell me that I'm I'm full of crap. But go ahead, no, go ahead, Chief. I I, I I really felt like oh, that's a taser generation guy. A guy didn't go hands on. And I'm thinking to myself, he probably he probably took the call and said, I'm meeting somebody for ten ten in twenty minutes. I'm going to end yeah. this right now. I'm like, dude, the guy went from zero to 100, and he tased the guy. Look, the guy looked like he was a little bit off. But, yeah, you're right. Where are those intermediate steps? Dude, at least come hell, come to the ambulance. No, I agree with you. But I also know some of every one of us on this panel, except Ward, unless he went to a, you know, he transitioned from ass baton to taser in the U.S. Attorney's Office. All of us said, uh, this is we're going to have a taser generation of cops. And I think that's well, a prime Ward- example. Ward, Ward transition, but it was something else. Oh, be gentle. Be gentle. Be gentle. Hey, you David, know. hold that thought. Let me let me get oh, let me get Jesus, one more. Here we go again. Quick. I know you always uh, go at the at the worst time. Uh, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there is that knowledge gap which leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. 
GunLearn.com took the confusion out of learning and made them easy. With GunLearn.com, it is the first and only company to offer a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist. They prove, uh, provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy, and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, law enforcement agencies, and firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything Leo's law enforcement officers need to know about firearms and ammunitions to all facets of law enforcement. So start today with online training or register to attend a live seminar. Get free training for yourself and your personnel by hosting a seminar at no cost to your agency. Come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. Captain Brett Bartlett did that as well. David, the floor is yours on this topic. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll call you on this one. Um, Number one, I want to know what the taser policy is for the agency, and they didn't talk about that as far as when it when it's appropriate. And John had a good point about it being a taser generation. Um, you go to the taser first. Don't put your hands on them. Put the taser on them. I am not taser generation. Didn't want it. Don't need it. To keep the thing. I don't want it. Um, the only other option you have there, and I would disagree with you entirely about walking up to someone who is pacing and circling in an incoherent manner and putting your hand on his shoulder in a friendly manner without at least having your other hand blocking your face because you stand a really good chance of getting of, of getting of getting hit kicked attacked or whatever it's just not a good idea so the other, the other cop shows up and he walks up after several minutes of, of this going on and he just and he as john said decides I, I, I can have so many 10 minutes for 10, 10 for a meal. I'm going to get this over with right now. Yeah. Beyond all of it, what happened after, after, after the guy got tased? It was, a, it was a cop pile. Not only were the cops on top of the guy, but the firemen were on top, were on top of the guy too. So were any of them charged with stopping him from breathing or compressing his back and his chest like the guy in Minneapolis? I saw multiple hands, knees, feet, elbows, you name it, piled on top of this guy on the ground as they struggled to get him handcuffed. So in the use of a taser to subdue a subject who is non-compliant, and that's a very broad application of a policy without details of what their policy says. He uses a taser, he puts the guy on the ground. He, he continues to, to try to get compliance by drive stunning him on the ground while they fight to get his hands behind his back to put handcuffs on him as he continues to struggle and thrash under the weight of one, two, there was three, four, five guys at least that were on top of him, on top of his shoulders, his back, his legs, and the whole nine yards. So the reaction to once again immediately fire and then, and then charge this guy was, as far as I'm concerned, way over the top. You want to talk about policy usage? Okay, but a policy violation does not equate to what was it? Was it aggravated battery? Or was it just battery? Because if once again we're getting to the argument about what a taser is, less than least lethal in the hands of the police officer. What is it? How is it applied? Um, so, although if you want to if you want to argue a policy issue on this on this incident, okay, I'll go down that road with you. But a criminal charge. Uh, I, again, we're back to the same thing with the guy shooting the guy with the taser. Um, it's, it, 
how are you reaching this point? So I, I'm in disagreement about the final outcome on this um, uh, as far as the criminal charges. Hey, Dave, here, here, Dave, wait, Chip, here's an example, Dave. You get a, you get a call by a crazy guy? Hey, don't call mm -hmm. us. Don't call us. <laughs> oh, don't call Listen, us. I, like I said. He's running around talking to himself. Don't call us. He wants to kill us. himself. Don't call us. Well, now you're going back to now you're going back to the previous story about about redefining redefining what police work is. I, I, I've got no I've got no problem with that. But but I want to know what the policy is yeah, that they I, I that it. they that they found and said, oh, you're fired and you're charged. I, you know, I need to know this because it's got to be something pretty stiff if they went down that road. Because under this, what I saw on video, no, uh, a, a, a misuse of of the taser, maybe. But under the circumstances, you know, you got a guy, you know, what are you going to do? And, and this is what would have happened before the taser. You and me, John, would have been standing there. I'd have given you the high sign, and we'd have blasted that guy in the middle of the road. Like, like a couple of linebackers coming from each side, and he'd have been a sack quarterback. He'd, he would not have had pocket awareness. He'd have been flattened on the, on the, on the, on the, on the concrete. Because that's your only option. Because you saw him fighting. He was... He was uh, he was impervious to pain and 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 struggling, all that kind of stuff. He would have had to have been forced into those handcuffs, and none of it's pretty. So David, uh, I'm, I'm not feeling I'm it. Dis I'm disappointed, David, and surprised that there's one thing you did not notice. You know, when the cops piled on this guy, mm -hmm. the firemen didn't pile. The firemen didn't pile on the guy. The firemen stood back and they waited till the cops jumped on the on this guy. Then the firemen saw their opportunity of acting with impunity. And they jumped on the cops. Those knees listen, and elbows and crap. Listen, the firemen listen. were hitting the cops with the knees and elbows. Cops were hitting the, the bad guy on the ground with the knees and elbows. But those those firemen, man, they took advantage of those poor police officers that were trying to apprehend this there, guy and go 10-15. There, there you go, casting dispersions on my cousins, the firemen. I want every, every fireman out there to know it's not me. That's Jip the Block. Okay, love you guys. Don't leave me on the side of the road. Um, but, no, I, I'm, I'm not in agreement with the outcome on this. I think it's wrong, and I think if the guy fights it, he's gonna, he's going to, uh, he's going in the end, he's going to win out on all that crap. I, I, I give you, it could be, I could see that, I could see it as a training issue. I, I give you that, uh, Captain Bartlett, former inter Internal Affairs Commander. What do you think? I, I think you guys are just naive as hell. You're dead. You're, you, you don't even. If I'm the bad guy, I'm, I'm loving this because you're arguing crap that doesn't even matter over here. It doesn't matter over here. Now, I felt as I'm reading some of these articles about defunding the police and slimming the police down, here's what might be a great idea. If the police go out and they determine there is no crime, they should get in the car and leave. And you know what? It might be okay to have a staff of mobile social workers to go out and provide immediate services. If he's nuts, get him some help. If they're having some domestic issues, get him some counseling. Heck, that might work. But we've talked about this so many times. Cops are, are so loaded down with responsibilities that are not of a criminal nature. And it's and, and it's not, we're not trained for that crap. So like John said, the guy's walking around crazy in, 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 in the street. Well, is he hurting himself? No. I, all right, we'll send out one of our social workers. We're not gonna send a cop to that. The cop's over here working a crime. So if you get to a house and little junior is not doing what he's supposed to do, Get the hell back in your crown thick and get out and then follow up with somebody who can go help that people. So I find myself in this very odd position of saying, let's try a little bit of that. 
And maybe we can, maybe, and I don't want to say trim, maybe we can refocus the police mission into combating crime and keeping people from being victimized. <laughs> right, up, right, up until, right up until that social worker gets punched right in the face. <laughs> one of these, one of these oh, crazies. Hey, hey we'll come on. back. Of course, hey, we'll I come back it. around. Listen, I've yeah. said it the whole time. I've said it the whole time, and John has been a proponent of it, about getting back to the core mission of law enforcement, and that's law enforcement. And I'm all for that. Good luck finding it, because they're going yeah. to neuter every law enforcement agency they can, and they don't care about and talk about facts that don't matter. They don't give a crap about anything that, anything that Brett just suggested either. They just want it. They want society redone in their image, as Brett had said earlier. That's it. Thanks, guys. Brett, um, I'm going to move on, unless you got something you want to add. Okay, we're good. Excellent. All right, guys, moving along here then. Um, we've been making reference to this. Uh, we didn't really talk about it a lot last week, and it's a, it's a big story. Um, PoliceOne.com and Law Enforcement Today. And, of course, we're talking about Seattle. The title of this article, there's a number of them, it's in response to protesters, Seattle Council members vow inquest into police budget. Um, I'm going to go quickly through this, but uh, and I'm looking for some comments afterwards. But city council members plan to introduce bills prohibiting crowd control weapons. Three are calling for Mayor Jenny Durkin's resignation. So three council members, uh, Kashama Sawant, Teresa Mosquito, and Tammy Morales are now calling for Durkin to resign or consider resigning. And uh, Sawant the, the council member said that she's planning to introduce a bill that would prohibit all crowd control weapons, including tear gas, pepper spray, blast balls, beanbag guns, water cannons, sound-related weapons. And a vote on that bill uh, could happen as soon as today. So I don't know if they did or not. Um, but, of course, uh, it's only 5.06 there p.m., so maybe they're doing a vote right now. Now, Mosquito, who chairs the council's budget committee, pledged to lead an inquest into, into the police department's budget. She said that uh, that would work to begin on she would work on the beginning that this week would respond to defunding demands by some protesters that 50% or half of Seattle's police spending be redirected to other community needs. I know, Dave, I'm, I'm just like what David said. I'm just wondering where that's going to go. And, and we'd love to see what happens. Uh, protesters declared a cop-free zone near Seattle police uh, boarded up. I'm sorry, near where C Seattle police boarded up and seemingly abandoned their east precinct a building on Monday evening. And so we're all aware of that. And then Trump, uh, he was talking to Governor Jay Inslee and Mayor Jenny Durkin uh, about the situation on Twitter. Um, and of course, that whole area has been taken over by the anarchists, and that's been allowed by the Seattle government. So Trump said, take back your city now and caps. If you don't do it, I will do it for you. And of course, they've uh, countered Trump's uh, you know, offer to take to take care of the situation for themselves. And uh, now the jazz occupiers most recently put a preacher in a chokehold. There's a video associated with that. And uh, they want a better world. But, of course, this preacher's in a chokehold. There's no cops around to help them out or anything. It's just anarchy at, at its finest. I know, David. David gives a thumb. You know what? They are – and, Brett, I know, I know your mic's open. You're going to go. Uh, but – my opinion, they are reaping what they've been sowing. They are just reaping what they sow. I have no, I have very little sympathy for them. Uh, Brett Bartlett. You know, I think it's great that they're eating themselves. I saw the video of the Minneapolis mayor going up to that group, and I, I would say, I'm going to say kissing their butts. I would love to say what he was actually doing. 
And it's the same thing you do with a straw, but I'll leave that for the moment. And he got, he said, oh, I'm, ad I'm, I'm addressing my brokenness. Are you kidding? You big You're in charge of that city. You should tell those people, look, clear the street, pal. I'm going to bring these goons in, and they're going to put a damn dam on your head, and you're going to go to the hospital, then you're going to go to jail. And then now they want to vote out the Seattle mayor. And I thought it was funny the other day, and I saw, and you guys may have seen this, in, in uh, the, uh, uh, the zone there in Seattle, a guy was tagging the wall, and the Antifa police came up and said, hey, man, don't do that. So the guy, the spray... <laughs> He resisted the Antifa police, and they had to fight the guy. So I don't, I don't, I just lost that. My air just ran out. I don't know what else to say. Hey, hey, David, Brett, I'm thinking, John. I wonder if Antifa police. I wonder if they're hiring. <laughs> I could teach him. Brett, I'll, I'm not going. I'm not going unless uh, Ward comes with me. We're we're like a package deal. Yeah, and they can get away with stuff, though. They can thump a guy and call him nasty names and get away with it because the Antifa police, there's no rules. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. They just got into this big row, and I'm going, oh, you're killing him. Get off his neck. Get off his neck. He can't breathe. Ward, Ward I, so hope you're, I hope you're in a bunker right now, Ward, because if you start walking the streets of Washington State and they recognize you from this show, you're done, dude. You're toast. You know, but, <laughs> hey, all seriousness, they're business owners that made their livelihood in that six block area. There are people that pay taxes and own property there, and they expect a certain amount of, dare I say, law and order. I agree with Dave, they reap what they sow. I, they become the laughing stock. I thought Minneapolis was bad. I do think, I do think Minneapolis, look, I don't I, I think what happened to Floyd was absolutely tragic. We've all said that. I, but they've tossed the baby out with the bathwater 10 times. But Seattle's right behind them. I mean, I, that, to be able to occupy the six-block section of your downtown area, I did training in that building back in 02. It's a very good police department. Back then, they had a lot of talent there. Uh, they, uh, they have become the laughing stock of the, of the country. If you're an average person, you're looking at that and going, what the heck? This is crazy. We pay taxes, we pay, we buy property, we do commerce. That's a part of our city. Why are we putting up for it? But if the constituents are allowing it and they're not pushing back, who are we on the other side of the country to say that maybe we're wrong and narrow-minded? Somehow I'm not feeling it though. Thank you, Chief. Hey, hold that thought, guys. Um, Viridian fact duty weapon-mounted camera, 62nd. So this is, uh, this is the Viridian fact duty weapon-mounted camera idea. It was born uh, when the company owner and the employees watched as communities around the country were literally being torn apart and burned down over the lack of evidence and multiple officer-involved shootings. Kind of sounds familiar now, doesn't it? They uh, use existing patented technologies and innovative design to create the fact duty, which has become the only gun camera in wide use by law enforcement across the country. So the gun camera fits standard police duty weapons and holsters, and it records automatically when the officer's gun is pulled from its holster, providing an unobstructed view of critical use of force incidents from the end of the firearm, overcoming an inherent issue with body cams. Uh, body and dash cameras were not designed to capture officer-involved shootings. However, Viridian gun cameras were designed specifically for this purpose. And of course, 
that probably would have been helpful to have that in Atlanta as well. The fact duty employs a 1080p full HD digital camera with a microphone and 500 lumen tactical light. Viridian's proprietary instant on technology means that the fact duty generates just a small fraction of the data that manage uh, compared to other law enforcement recording options because it only records when the officer's weapon is drawn. This results in significantly lower comparative data management cost uh, than other evidentiary camera systems. So data is stored securely and easily transferred per agency protocol with existing software technology. More information on the fact duty is available at gun-camera.com. That's gun-camera.com. And we appreciate their sponsorship. Um, so, uh, Captain Brett, the floor is yours. You know, this, this incident in Minneapolis um, is really... Uh, you know, when that when that man died, it is so far behind us now. Not not in terms of time, but in in terms of of uh, events. But make no mistake, Chip. If it wasn't that event, it was going to be some other event. Don't think that there wasn't. The, the plan has been in place. It's been in place probably for years. It's been wrapped in plastic. It's nice and neat. It's ready to go. The communication set is is ready to go. The uh, the training has occurred. The the, uh, the 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 uh, the leadership tiers have been designated. So when this thing happened, and they're looking for the spark, I mean, we're perfect timing. We're right at the end of COVID. That emergency is over. So we're if if it wasn't that event, it would have been some other event. That is the spark that started it. And as tragic as it is for the family of that man, whether he was a good man or not, he, he was a human being. That event is gone. That event is so far behind us, we can't even see it now. Agreed or not? Agreed. Let me ask you this. Am I the only guy thinking that or or, or hoping that Trump doesn't bail out this uh, six-block area in Seattle um, anytime anytime soon? Let them stew in it for two, three weeks? Because these, even if it's the business owners and they're suffering, and I, I feel for these people. However, they elected these leaders, the mayor, you know, the, the the chief, even if the chief's appointed there, they can change it, but they just refuse to. So let them stew in it for a while before you come in and rescue everybody or just don't rescue well, them at all. Well, the, you know what's going to happen? It's like that movie years ago, The Mouse That Roared. They're going to declare themselves a nation, declare war on us, surrender, and they're going to get billions of dollars to rebuild their little, <laughs> little shithole six-block nation. It's going to be something. They're going to have their own representation, and we're going to be flying in materials and rebuilding their little six-block I think what Trump should do is not go in. I think he should he should he should build ten foot high fences around the place and say, okay, okay guys, here look, you I go. Don't, I don't think country. he needs to go. Look, I don't think he needs to go in. I don't think he needs to bail out Minneapolis with their sixty million dollar price tag for rioting because they allowed the rioters to go ahead and take sections of their city when there are other options. I I, I, I agree with Brett. You know, maybe the first night this was an organic situation. But like always, is law enforcement's to blame. We're the flashpoint. Um, and, I, and I get upset, like I said in the beginning of the show, about the um, political expediency with you know firing or disciplining officers before they get what we consider in this country a cherished item, which is due process. But I'll tell you what, all kidding aside, put all these things aside, there are families attached to every one of these folks. I sat and watched you know folks a couple of weeks ago in our location tuned in you know, to Twitter feeds because they had a loved one that was deployed to unrest and they wanted to know if they were going to be there and you know, are they going to get hurt. There are families that are sending these men and women to work every night 
Brett's got one. I've got well, I've got more than one. And, you know, we worry about them because you don't know what's going to happen. The other environment is look how many felons that we release back to population because of COVID. You know, there's a lot of bad people out there right now that don't care about people that could very well be involved in any one of these big skirmishes where they can get away with it. And then you put law enforcement in there. It's a very dangerous powder keg. And each and every one of those men and women standing on the line, they got family members at home worrying about them. And they just want to know that, wait a minute, I thought they were the good guys. They go to work every day trying to protect and serve and do the right thing. And now, you know, everyone's calling them all kinds of names. I challenge anyone that's listening to the show or on this panel, every time I say a law enforcement officer, I'm walking up to them and I'm telling them, hey, thanks for your service because I appreciate it. Even though I'm still in it, I appreciate it. And people should do more of that because it goes a long way with those folks that are out there. Thanks, Chief. Hey, uh, David, I want you to include this before you go on this one. We've got three minutes until we're on overtime here. Um, but in law enforcement today, it's a companion article. Students take over a campus police building. They declare autonomous zone. <laughs> they get mad that the cops will not bring them food. So I guess they kind of took off what was going off in Seattle. So this is in Chicago. Friday evening, about a dozen University of Chicago students occupied the campus building for 20 hours, demanding the university defund the police department and instead divert the funds to grassroots, grassroots projects on the south side of the city. And the demonstration lasted overnight on Friday and it's Saturday morning. And at that time, protesters, they came outside to join the other people who had set up tents with food and water and they slept outside the building because, you know, they were hungry and thirsty. The group's calling for the university to defund, disarm, disband the university's police department, provide the agency's finances. Um, and it says that they initially planned to occupy the building until administrators agreed to meet with them. However, they came out of the morning when the protests fizzled out around 11 a.m., but they warned that they are going to be back. Uh, David closes out on this one. I, I don't, you know, I don't care. Uh, you know, John has some good points, um, but my previous comments stand. Uh, those guys on the line, uh, you, you, you men and women in law enforcement now, you need to take a very uh, a very thoughtful look at what you're doing, not only what you're doing, but where you're doing it. And um, as much as John says, said to thank them for their service, it goes a long way. Yes, I agree. And yes, I do that. But I am so firmly, I'm so strong on the idea of personal responsibility that these people are getting what they voted for. These cities are getting exactly what they're asking for. And um, as far as Trump coming in and doing whatever, no, no, no. Let them rot. Let them burn. Let them starve. Let them do whatever. whatever. I saw an interesting article. It talked about trucking companies that are starting to refuse to go into these areas because they don't want all their all the all the merchandise that they're trucking into these places to get stolen or hijacked because there's no law enforcement to protect them from uh, these mobs. So they've started pulling back on where they deliver these truckloads of of, of goods into these cities. And just right. so that you know, 80 percent of all the goods at goods that you buy in the store around you are brought to that store by a truck. So. I'm just hoping that all these things start to come to bear in these places. And the poor little snowflakes didn't have their Starbucks in Chicago or, or they're, they're moaning for it in the, in the Chaz in Seattle. I, I want to see Starbucks open a, open a flipping store in the Chaz is what I want to see. You bunch of, never mind. <clears throat>
All right, guys. Thank you. All right, moving real quick here. Uh, let me go to a couple updates. I want to get to a uh, a thing where we're talking about lawmakers making some knee-jerk reactions. Before I get to that, let me just cover um, ambush of officers. Uh, you guys remember we, we talked uh, back on June the 12th when I got a phone call, and, and I think you guys may have heard it through other sources or through me about the National Kill a Cop Day on June 12th. Um, now, doesn't mean the threat wasn't real that we didn't have cops killed that day in a in a national effort, but it, it is kind of scary that stuff and posters and times and meeting places go go out like that, and that FBI generates you know an alert. Uh, but it talks about in California, I got a sheriff deputy shot in the head in in Springfield. I've got a, an officer crushed by an SUV. I've got a uh, active duty U.S. Air Force sergeant that's been arrested on a suspicion of fatally sh uh, shooting a sheriff sergeant. And then the FBI is trying to identify a suspect um, who did a drive-by shooting in a federal building and killed uh, and killed a guy. You know, um, I believe it was a federal officer. So these things are, are real, you know, and they're going down. And also on PoliceOne.com, they talk about companies that are boycotting um, or doing adverse action towards police. So we got IBM, Amazon, and Microsoft. They've stopped selling facial recognition software to police. Uh, Cops TV show has been canceled by uh, Paramount Network. Live PD has been dropped by A&E. And uh, San Francisco Transit uh, Agency, which, David, you kind of hinted with the trucking company, they're no longer transporting police uh, to protests. So all that's going down. And this is all because of the, jo the uh, George Floyd incident. So it's, it's just getting worse. So... Now on our last topic of the evening, uh, policeone.com, lawmakers, knee-jerk reaction and going after cops. I'm kind of curious what you guys think about this. We've only got, um, we got six minutes of overtime, we've, which is about four and a half minutes from now. Um, we're talking about reform bills, uh, banning rubber bullets, dismantling or abolishing police departments, defunding the police. They're banning chokeholds and carotid restraints, David. Uh, they're banning a tear gas to be used for crowd control, and they want to end qualified immunity. All these things, there's a huge agenda going down. Uh, Attorney Ward, love to hear your, your input. From what I can see, these lawmakers have no idea what they're talking about when it comes to qualified immunity. They don't understand it. Uh, I note that the Supreme Court just today or yesterday, today, I guess, turned down the cases on qualified immunity, which I thought for sure they would take. I suspect they're waiting to see what happens here. The, the, the most interesting or amusing reform I saw, some group in Minneapolis wants to have psych evaluations for cop. If you remember, it was Minneapolis who dumbed down the psych evaluations that led to the hiring of that guy, Noor, who was a uh, Muslim Somali who killed a white woman. Of course, no one cared about that. And two of the recruits charged with Floyd uh, probably went through the dumb down uh, psych in Minneapolis as well. Wow. The hey, Chip, this, this, is, this is death by a thousand paper cuts. They're going to slowly but surely chip away at what law enforcement looks like. And they're going to take away our, you know, the weapons for us to help out with riots. Well, suddenly we have civil unrest and we can't do anything. It's, it's going to be death by a thousand paper cuts unless our, our, our elected officials who stand for law and order step in and say enough. Thanks, Chief. And I, and I will say, I, I hate to see where they say chokehold because we've never taught, no, no agency has ever taught a chokehold in law enforcement in the United States. They're carotid uh, restraint techniques. Um, they're not chokeholds. People can breathe well, unless it's Chip, life Chip, We did that to ourselves. We did that to ourselves. By always informally calling it the chokehold, we should have shut our damn mouths and called it what it really was. That's our fault. 
Uh, that was a, it really was a great technique because it prevented us from having to beat people in, into submission. Um, anyhow, um, we'll, we'll, I understand because the optics will never get it back. And Trump's going to do some federal thing right now, I guess, to, to make sure. But just remember that if you're in a deadly, a deadly, uh, a deadly force situation where you can use deadly force, anything goes. I don't care if it's an ink pen going through a guy's temple or, or his uh, eye socket or whether it's a, uh, a carotid or, or crack, even if it's a, a, a real chokehold. Anything goes if your life's in jeopardy. It doesn't matter what you use, and it's going to be justified. Chief Newman. Uh, okay, lighten up, John Wick. <laughs> That's it? That's all you got? All right. Hey, is there anybody else before we shut it down? We are out of time for this evening. Ward, do you want to give us some closing thoughts? Uh, yes, I would never use the word pussification. It's coarse. The correct word is pusillanimous occasion. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I will. I will quote you on that. And, uh, and, and last but not least, John uh, Chip is nowhere near tall enough to be John Wick, so that's completely out of the question. Oh, that hurt. That hurt. I know, John. I love the visuals on John. Look at that. That's just beautiful. Yeah. Hey, I was in a fight with a with a signal six, and uh, and I had to do the finger and the eyeball to uh, to say he had my gun. You know, um, it was uh, it was pretty scary. You will do whatever you have to do to get please, out of the situation. So. Please let the the viewers know that a signal six is a ten year old. <laughs> it is <laughs> it's an escape prisoner for our viewers. Oh look, we're out of time, and I'm going to start the music before someone else cuts in on me. But look. Um, Look, guys, uh, enjoyed it. A, a great show. And thank you to our sponsors, Column Case Management, Extra Duty Solutions, GunLearn.com, Viridian Weapon Technologies. And uh, thank you to our panelists who are conversing with us on YouTube or, or um, our fan club. And thank you to the panelists that are here, too. Hope everybody has a wonderful and safe week, guys. Good night.